0: All-seeing, when above me, around me, within me. Be my seeing as I read these sacred words. Look down upon me. Look out from within me. Look all around me. See through my eyes. Hear through my ears. Feel through my heart. Touch me where I need to be touched. And when my heart is touched, give me the grace to lay down this holy book. And ask significant questions. Why has my heart been touched? How am I to be changed through this touch? All seeing when I need to change. I need to look a little more like you. May these sacred words change and transform me. Then I can meet you face to face without dying because I've finally died enough. To die is to be healed a little more each death, until that final death when I'll be healed forever. It will be a healing that will last. Your words are healing, although they bring about my death. O eye of God, look not away. January 13th. Genesis chapter 28 verse 1 through chapter twenty nine verse thirty five. So Isaac called for Jacob, blessed him, and said, You must not marry any of these Canaanite women. Instead go at once to Padam Aran, to the house of your grandfather Bethuel, and marry one of your uncle Laban's daughters. May God Almighty bless you and give you many children. And may your descendants multiply and become many nations. May God pass on to you and your descendants the blessings he promised to Abraham. May you own this land where you are now living as a foreigner. For God gave this land to Abraham. So Isaac sent Jacob away and he went to Padan Aram to stay with his uncle Laban, his mother's brother the son of Bethuel the Armenian. Esau knew that his father Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him to Padan Aram to find a wife and that he had warned Jacob, you must not marry a Canaanite woman. He also knew that Jacob had obeyed his parents and gone to Padan Aram. It was now very clear to Esau that his father did not like the local Canaanite women So Esau visited his uncle Ishmael's family and married one of Ishmael's daughters, in addition to the wives he already had. His new wife's name was Mahaltha. She was the sister of Nebaioth, and the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and the east, to the north and the south and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. The next morning Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against, and he set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named the place Bethel, which means house of God, "'although it was previously called Luz. "'Then Jacob made this vow. "'If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, "'and if he will provide me with food and clothing, "'and if I return safely to my father's home, "'then the Lord will certainly be my God. "'And this memorial pillar I have set up "'will become a place for worshiping God.' And I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. Then Jacob hurried on, finally arriving in the land of the east. He saw a well in the distance. Three flocks of sheep and goats lay in an open field beside it, waiting to be watered. But a heavy stone covered the mouth of the well. It was the custom there to wait for all the flocks to arrive before removing the stone and watering the animals. Afterward, the stone would be placed back over the mouth of the well. Jacob went over to the shepherds and asked, "'Where are you from, my friends?' "'We are from Haran,' they answered. "'Do you know a man there named Laban, the grandson of Nahor?' he asked. "'Yes, we do,' they replied. "'Is he doing well?' Jacob asked. "'Yes, he is well,' they answered. "'Look, here comes his daughter Rachel with the flock now.' Jacob said, Look, it is still broad daylight, too early to round up the animals. Why don't you water the sheep and goats so they can get back to the pasture? We can't water the animals until all the flocks have arrived, they replied. Then the shepherds moved the stone from the mouth of the well, and we water all the sheep and goats. Jacob was still talking with them when Rachel arrived with her father's flock, for she was a shepherd. And because Rachel was his cousin, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and because the sheep and goats belonged to his uncle Laban, Jacob went over to the well and moved the stone from its mouth and watered his uncle's flock. Then Jacob kissed Rachel, and he wept aloud. He explained to Rachel that he was her cousin on her father's side, the son of her uncle of her aunt Rebekah. So Rachel quickly ran and told her father Laban. As soon as Laban heard that this nephew had arrived, he ran out to meet him. He embraced and kissed him and brought him home. When Jacob had told him his story, Laban exclaimed, "'You really are my own flesh and blood.'" After Jacob had stayed with Laban for about a month, Laban said to him, "'You shouldn't work for me without pay just because we are relatives.'" Tell me how much your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah, and the younger one was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife agreed Laban replied I'd rather give her to you than anyone else stay and work with me so Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days finally the time came for him to marry her I have fulfilled my agreement Jacob said to Laban now give me my wife so I can sleep with her So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night, when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob, and he slept with her. Laban had given Leah a servant, Zilpah, to be her maid. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. "'Why have you done this to me?' Jacob raged at Laban. "'I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me?' It's not our custom here to marry off a younger daughter ahead of a firstborn, Laban replied. But wait until the bridal week is over. Then we'll give you Rachel, too, provided you promise to work another seven years for me. So Jacob agreed to work seven more years. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel, too. Laban gave Rachel a servant, Bella, to be her maid. So Jacob slept with Rachel too, and he loved her much more than Leah. He then stayed and worked for Laban the additional seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Rachel could not conceive. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, The Lord has noticed my misery, and now my husband will love me. She soon became pregnant again and gave birth to another son. She named him Simeon, for she said, The Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. Then she became pregnant a third time and she gave birth to another son. She named him Levi, for she said, Surely this time my husband will feel affection for me since I have given him three sons. Once again Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son. She named him Judah, for she said, Now I will praise the Lord. And then she stopped having children. Matthew chapter 9 verses 18 through 38. As Jesus was saying this, the leader of a synagogue came and knelt before him. "'My daughter has just died,' he said. "'But you can bring her back to life again "'if you just come and lay your hand on her.'" So Jesus and his disciples got up and went with him. Just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, "'If I can just touch his robe,' I will be healed. Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. After the crowd was put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand, and she stood up. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. After Jesus left the girl's home, two blind men followed along behind him, shouting, Son of David, have mercy on us. They went right into the house where he was staying, and Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith it will happen. Then their eyes were opened and they could see. Jesus sternly warned them, Don't tell anyone about this. But instead they went out and spread his fame all over the region. When they left, a demon-possessed man who couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. So Jesus cast out the demon, and then the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Nothing like this has ever happened in Israel, they exclaimed. But the Pharisees said, He can cast out demons because he is empowered by the prince of demons. Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He says to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few, so pray to the Lord, who is in charge of the harvest? Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Psalm chapter 11, verses 1 through 7. I trust in the Lord for protection. So why do you say to me, Fly like a bird to the mountains for safety? The wicked are stringing their bows and fitting their arrows on their bowstrings. They shoot from the shadows of those whose hearts are right. The foundations of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? But the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely, examining every person on earth. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked. He hates those who love violence. He will rain down blazing coals and burning sulfur on the wicked, punishing them with scorching winds. For the righteous Lord loves justice. The virtuous will see his face. Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. My child... Don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights.